Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said, in which we talk about all sorts of things. I am currently in Venice, Italy, in a bathroom, because it appears to have the best acoustics and the best chance of not having background noise. So here we are. And today I want to talk about a bunch of stuff. I might cry, I might not. Let's just get to it. So sometimes the hardest thing to see for people, for humans, for entrepreneurs, for business owners, for people who dream of having a business, is that we're we're constantly in a state of ambition and strategy and striving and growing for and looking for and achieving. And most of us are achievers, like every day starts at zero, and then you have to achieve something for that day to count. So I've caught myself, even when I'm on vacation, like, okay, well, I have to get 10,000 steps and then my day will count. Or I have to get a shower and find something for a souvenir to take home for one of my family or friends and then today will count. Or like we find ways to make achievement out of anything. And so the hardest thing is to see that you have enough. Uh, Because then the question is, now what? Instead of just the, no matter what the question is, the answer being just make more. Um, the, The question is, now what? And I don't think that most people ever get to that point. When we talk about having enough, we're talking about realizing our place in the world. I once heard it said, and I could not fact check this, so I'm just going to say I once heard it said, that if you've ever been on a plane, you're among the wealthiest 1% of the world's population. So when we talk about more and making more money and we talk about enough, we're splitting hairs about your relative wealth. You can count yourself as one of the wealthiest humans ever to have lived on the planet At this moment, if you've ever been on a plane, which the vast majority of my listeners have, even if you don't have a collection of $7,000 handbags or 17 cars or a squadron of hired help to dress you, bathe you, feed you, and transport you. Of course, knowledge of that particular status, that wealthiest 1% in the world status, doesn't mean you feel wealthy. Like, I certainly don't. When I'm strolling the streets of Paris or Venice and I see shops and bag windows that cost more than my car... And let's be honest, the total value of like every car I've ever owned. Nor am I saying you should feel guilty about all you have. Again, I don't. I'm simply pointing out that in the whole great, vast, wide world that is your life, your ability to have traveled on a plane puts you in a class of people who are the cleanest, healthiest, and wealthiest the entirety of this planet has ever known. 
you already have immense privilege, whether you acknowledge it or not. So what will you do with it? And again, this is not one of those like guilt, privilege, weird conversations that's purely intellectual. This is a very practical matter because most people will choose to pursue more money indefinitely. More money, more money, more money, more money, more money. That's it. That's all it is. It's not particularly interesting and it means that your house will be filled with things and stuff but it's what the world offers. Shiny objects writ larger and larger until your whole world is encrusted with crystals and diamonds and $43,000 handbags. From this perspective, if you're just in the more money race, you will never have enough money, not ever even for a minute, even if you're a multi-billionaire, because you'll never have all the money on earth. And the goal is more money. So you can't win that game. But you can choose to find your way to a place of enough. From that place in which your bills are paid, your heat or air conditioning is on, your food is relatively healthy, and your personal safety is not at risk daily. You're free to pursue more meaning, more time to yourself, more travel, and more creative projects. More unplugged time, more mornings in Paris, more donations to charity, more time with the people you love most, more freedom, more spacious living, more adventuring that could go horribly wrong and leave you with malaria in a country where you don't speak the language. More risk, more croissant, more Italian cookie. More isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just that pursuing more money and only more money precludes your pursuit of other things that are much, much more interesting, like more connection, more depth, more time to read, more time in bookstores wandering around with no particular place to be. More mornings to sleep in and get dressed when you feel like it. There's a wealth of time and energy available to you that isn't visible when you're exclusively pursuing more money. One afternoon, you might find yourself in Paris sipping coffee and watching the world go by, and you might let your gaze wander from one person to another with Notre Dame in the background, and you might lose your breath in the wonder of being so very lucky to have chosen to pursue all the mores that are inherently risky and you might breathe deeply in the knowledge that you, lucky human, already have everything you need. Again, I tell you this not to lecture you or to point out that, oh dear God, you lucky bastard, how dare you make more money, but to share that once you've reached enough, on the other side of enough, we don't really have a blueprint for how things are done, because everyone just says make more, and so no one tackles the question of enough. When it comes to modeling generosity in business, we have a whole lot of fucking fluff. Peeps who give away less than 1% of their net profits to charity, and like we're talking 0.01% in some cases, and call themselves philanthropists. To me, that feels dirty. Peeps who give to charity as nothing more than a strategic move to get press, or people who align with nonprofits to make themselves look good or prestigious or caring, but who don't give a damn about the organizations themselves. When we want to figure out how to give money away through or because of or with our businesses without using it as the crucial key to our respective strategic plans, we have very few role models. I'm going to share the examples I have and then invite you to share yours, your people with enough and modeling enoughness. And then maybe we can figure some shit out together about what it means to have enough and then do some good, interesting shit in the world with our enoughness. So first, there's a guy I really respect who sells tickets to two-day workshops. They sell out every time for every date that he announces, 
and I've noticed over the years that the price has gone from $500 to $400 to $300 without his saying a word about it. Clearly, demand isn't a problem, so the price should stay steady, if not, excuse me, increase significantly. But he lowers the price, sells out each event, and then keeps having more events. On his birthday, he asks people to give to charity water and raises over 100 grand. Second, different dude dedicates 100% of his book proceeds to the charity he founded. When it's a New York Times bestseller, and it sells like 325,000 copies, which would be a lot of dollars in his bank account, he just does dances and jumps off of bridges and gets excited and keeps on building schools all over the world with the hundreds of thousands of dollars he's generated. Third, a few people get together and ask their peeps, their respective Facebook fan base collective peeps, to donate $25 or less in order to help with the refugee crisis in Syria and around the world. Within 30 hours, over $1.3 million is raised. They dance, they high-five, they raise their Butterfinger candy bars in the air, and they keep on doing their work in the world. Those aren't people who are interested in teaching anyone else how to pursue more. They're simply very comfortably and quietly. It's not a big deal. It's not an announcement. It's not a press release. They have enough, and then we tip into something else, and we make it up as we go along because we don't have a model for this. Finally, and I fucking hesitate to tell you this, but here goes. I walked into a room and promised half my net profits to charity in 2016. There were stipulations and the details are loose because that's my style, but I haven't told anyone about this for months because the last thing I want is for this to be viewed as some sort of big, sick, strategic strategery. Like, it is not my big key to getting press or publicity or any of that shit, and it's so pure that I just wanted to keep it for a bit. But my silence and my quietly working on the sidelines, it doesn't feel like that's fair either. It means you can't see that there's someone who's taking this enoughness and past enough issue on and willing to do it badly, like so badly. I have no idea what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. I just know it's the right thing. I know I've got enough. I know what it means to give what I've got to flying kites. And I know I was at this point and turned away from it four years ago. So I'm making right on this particular urge at long last. Because I want to live in a world where we see peeps selling out event after event and they choose to lower ticket prices as a result. I want to live in a world where big checks are siphoned off to nonprofits because the entrepreneur behind the business has enough and where books fund movements and change and nonprofits as well as letting authors eat and sleep and live. I want to live in a world where the whole world speaks the language of kindness and giving instead of building endless, tedious, precarious staircases to more that never reach a destination. So there, the cat's out of the bag. Half of my net profits with certain stipulations, blah, 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 <laughs> go to flying kites. Um, and that includes M School, which I just wanted to remind you about. We run through M School to talk about unicorn blood, which is all this mushy stuff that gets stuck in your life and we have to get rid of it because it's, it's nasty and it binds you up in ways that you can't even imagine. And before we move forward in your business or have any sort of clarity in your business, we talk about unicorn blood. 
And then we talk about the Dementors, um, which suck your soul, and they're really sort of horrible and terrible, and you probably haven't identified them in your life. And then we go through the Horcruxes. So most people have all three of these. I have yet to find a person who doesn't. And Horcruxes are these objects that we've given way too much power, or like, I will do that when... Um, And it's always like six months to six years in the future. And it's an object or a value or a circumstance that's going to happen that's going to free us. We're going to find those. I'm going to get rid of them. Then I'm going to ask you really fucking brilliant questions that help you embrace the mystery of your particular business. Or if you don't have a business yet, what you want to bring into being. To talk about the things that make you the most you that are your particular magic. And we're going to go to the places that you don't want to go to talk about the hard things in order to make meaning, which is talking about why your magic works in the world, what it is, how you bring it to business, how you make what you do have meaning, because it's just doesn't inherently have meaning. You have to give it some. And then we talk about how to market it. And that's the very last piece, because all this other stuff, if you don't get it right, your marketing is going to fall flat, and it's going to feel muggly. It's going to feel like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. That's terrible. That's horrible. That's awful. We get rid of the terrible, horrible, and awful for the first three lessons so that you have so much room for the good shit to come in. It's like when you people want to lose weight, and your dietician will say, like, just fill half your plate with vegetables and eat whatever the fuck you want. Because at least half of your plate is now clear and good to go, right? We just start to make room. We start to crowd out the other stuff and the bad voices. And then we meet in Harry Potter World in Orlando, May 26th, 27th, 28th. And if you haven't yet um, signed up, you should do that. Brandcamplog.com slash mschool. If you can't come to Harry Potter World because you live in Australia or Jamaica or Zimbabwe, uh, you can... Uh, just let me know and you'll get a lightning bolt session with me, which is I send you a questionnaire and then we have 15 minutes to hit it hard on one question issue situation. Um, it's basically, it solves your life with just one issue that you face in 15 minutes. And, um, that typically costs 149. So that whole shebang, six classes, some surprise interviews, an online place to play, and then meeting up in the magical Harry Potter world's slash lightning bolt session is one ninety nine, which is ridiculously cheap, but you should come and play with me for my birthday. Um, so yeah, that's it. Brandcampblog.com slash mschool. I try not to do like fake, oh, running out of time type shit. So just go do it, damn it. And people have asked me, how much of a fan do I have to be of the Harry Potters? If you've read any of the Harry Potter uh, books or just watched all the movies, you have got enough knowledge to make a go of it. As long as you can hang with me if I mention the words Muggle, Dementor, or Voldemort, (laughs) you're good. Um, I didn't choose Harry Potter for literary reasons. We're not going to talk about, like, book four, page 22. Uh, I chose it for the lexicon that it provides um, because it's been, the lexicon has been sort of woven into the common vernacular, and it's an easier way to get to what I'm trying to get to. So I'm using the terminology, that's all. You don't have to adore Harry Potter, you just have to not hate Harry Potter, and have a mild tolerance for the use of the word magic, and we'll be good to go. But if you scoff, like I scoff when I see anything Lord of the Rings, active scoffing, just let this one go. Just don't do this one, and we will be so good to go. So, I guess... That's M School, but when we talk about enoughness and not enoughness and these sort of issues that we tackle on a daily basis, your enoughness and your sense of whether you have enough 
in the world or not affects everything else. Because if you feel that you have enough, you're giving from a full well. And that's enough time, enough energy, and enough money. And if you sense that you don't have enough, that you're always sort of struggling for more, then you're not giving from a full well. And that's what leads to the, have you ever gotten an email from somebody that just felt like desperate versus an email with the same basic information, like there are five spots available and it's, you know, $400 or whatever it is, the same basic information. And yet it doesn't feel desperate at all. It's simply a relaying of information. There are spots, they are available. One comes from a place of, oh God, I have to pay the bills. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, not enough. And one comes from a place of like, I'm cool. This is good. I got this. They're going for exactly the same like number of spots, same amount of money, and yet the intention and the undercurrent that goes with them is so different. So just ask yourself, are you coming from a place of enough? And what exactly is your enough number? Like really, really write it down, enough number. And then what would it look like to meet your enough number and then play? Or if you already have enough, like if you're lucky enough that your business is side income or extra income or it doesn't require um, being used to pay the, those everyday sorts of bills, then congratulations, you already have enough. So now we just get to go straight into fucking Magicville. Now what do you want to do? Now where do you want to play? Now what do you want to make of this? And how do you want to bring your particular talents to light? That is really fucking good shit. That's really interesting. And that is where we play M-School, which is at braincampblog.com slash M-School, or just go to braincampblog.com. If you have examples of people who are doing the enough thing really well and the beyond enough thing really well, I would love email and links and all the things or tag me on Instagram, I'm cake help, and show me these people because I, we, all of us need role models for how to do enough and beyond really well because it's not something that the world really teaches. I sense that it's a tiny bit magical. That's it. I'm rambling. I'm uh, signing off from my bathroom in Venice. (laughs) We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.